Hello and welcome to episode one of the NPR Coaching Podcast with your host Nathan Rawlings. In this episode, I chat to the awesome Christian Jolly from Make Movements, the mobile massage specialist. We discuss Christian's past in professional football, the mindset needed in a competitive environment, how he found his way into massage therapy, and how to manage life pain-free, amongst other things. I hope you enjoy, and if you do, please share on your socials. Welcome, Christian, to the NPR podcast. Uh, great to have you on board. How have you been sort of the last over the last few months? um well great to great to be here thank you very much for having me um this is all new to me my first podcast so bear with me if I go off on a tangent or whatnot (laughs) just heard me back to the topic that we we started with um yeah last few months have been great obviously things opening up again um I'm a massage guy so the service has been really really impacted with um with the last sort of year of pandemic and whatnot but Things have uh, things have opened up, obviously, of recent, and yeah, confidence is growing sort of week on week. So, I'm good to be back in the game, and uh, no, yeah, very pleased. Perfect, man. So, yeah, just for the people who are new and don't really know you, just tell us a bit about like who you are, what your background is, and sort of how you got into the position you are in today, really. Okay, so. Started off playing football, very, very fortunate to sort of have my uh, childhood dream and, and be able to establish myself as a, as, a, as a full-time professional. That was wicked, managed to play for about 10, 11 years. Um, injury stopped me. So the latter years of my, my playing days, I spent more time with the physio than I did the, uh, the players. <laughs> so that's what curbed my interest into the body and anatomy and, and how the mechanics and, and so on and so on works. So last couple of years of my footballing days, whilst I was injured, I was encouraged to begin a degree in physiotherapy. Um, So the idea was come back from injury, carry on playing, do the physio degree on the side. And and as I complete my degree, my legs would roughly stop working. I'm 32, turning 33 this month. So in football terms, I'm an old boy. (laughs) And, uh, And then, yeah, I'd have a new career to go into. Um, but unfortunately the body didn't hold out long enough so I'm year three or four of my degree and I've been out of football now two years Um, so that's where sort of make movements was born it was a little bit uh, it had to be aggressive because um, my body stopped and and I needed to find another income to to fulfill my lifestyle so yes I make movements all about massage we initially began residential so going out to people's homes um, and then started to work in the corporate side of things so going into offices and delivering treatments there obviously the pandemic of, of recent has scuppered all corporate work so that was a kick in the teeth but life just gives you an opportunity to swivel and trying to adapt and and fingers crossed I, th- I think we've done that predominantly now we're just residential we do a lot more sort of movement therapies which is rehab based so we come across a lot of people that are in pain and have lost function and compensatory movement patterns is something that that tends to come with loss of function so the movement therapy tends to to recognize a a knee that doesn't bend properly or or an ankle that that doesn't uh, flex at all and then you find that other ailments work up the chain so so although the problem is your right ankle it might be the left knee that that really needs to be to be targeted so 
that sort of stuff we do. So that's that's forced to hand and we can do that virtually. And, and now obviously things have opened up. We're able to, to really get out, out with people and, and get moving properly. So yeah, so that's basically in a nutshell where we're at with things. I'm, I've still initially had a hand in the football, but that scuppered things because of COVID. Um, but I'm hoping to get back into back into football and, and sort of the backroom staff and, and help sort of some elite elite players progress in the game. So my fingers are crossed there. But on the residential side, it's been brilliant. It's great. Confidence is growing week on week, and and uh, I'm getting to to help as many people as possible. Yeah, perfect, man, perfect. So whilst playing football, because I think this will resonate with a lot of people, like. Um, dealing with sort of injuries and sort of a few different clubs yourself. How how did you deal with um, setbacks in your playing career? Did you, was it this, this like support around you? Was it mostly family? Because what I imagine is a lot of clients sort of listening to this, maybe they're on a fat loss journey. They sort of, life gets in the way a couple of times. They might, they might feel like they're not making any progress and might want to just sack it all in but sort of those little setbacks can help you sort of propel yourself forward. So what sort of ways did you sort of deal with those in particular? Um, it's interesting because football is, I mean, I broke in late. So I was 20 when I, I got my first professional deal and that that's quite late as a, as a, as a footballer. And although I was 20, I was, I was signed with younger players that had been through academy level since they were 10 so they were almost more experienced in the field of football than I was but I was more experienced in life than they were it was a it was a really I found it a really sort of weird dynamic so you'd have the youngsters looking up to you because you're older Older. but it was all new to me sort of negotiations of contracts training etiquette banter (laughs) which is a big thing in football it's it's you never know like there's no real HR in football. So what, what, what goes in a football club will not go in the real world. <laughs> there's real, real on the cusp jokes and, and tricks and, and banterful play that, that it's just, you're not familiar with. I mean, I worked for, I left school at 16 and I worked in, I've worked in Morrison's. I've worked as an estate agent. I've worked in a gym. I, I feel like I'm pretty well traveled in, in the work sectors. Yeah. then you turn up at football and it, it is just all new and you have to you have to adapt quickly and figure out how you can perform and how you can integrate within a team how you respond to the manager you don't call the manager their name you call them gaffer <laughs> and you, who what assistant you can talk to and and what assistants not really approachable and the setbacks are they're everywhere but i think it's you throw yourself in the deep end i think it's almost like learning a language you best just go and move to the country, jump in and figure it out day on day. Yeah. I think from a football performance term of, of, of things, it was recognising the variables. So I think that that common quote, control the controllables. Yeah. The variables are the things you need to acknowledge and, and what you've got independent control of and what are external factors. So for football, it was the opposition, the form that you're in, um environment and and the selection process so the manager's job is just to get three points on a weekend if christian is good at running and he's quick at getting in behind defenses but a defense plays a deep line i'm not going to get selected 
and it was important to recognize that I wasn't getting select not selected because I wasn't playing well or I wasn't good enough it was the fact that the opposition that we played doesn't complement my attributes and that was something that I had to really get my head around sort of the first six months of, of being a pro because I took everything to heart I didn't think I was good enough I thought I had to work harder I had to train better I must not be doing something right. I must have upset the manager. I must not be. And, and you start sort of critiquing things that aren't there. So it was, it was, there was a sports psychologist at the club that, that really sort of honed in on, think about the interventions that you make on the pitch. And an intervention could be how you affect the game in the final third, or if you're an attacker or defensively in the, in the defensive third or, or whatnot, and, and how you can impact a game. And when you strip it back, if you're, listen, I'm a slight individual who's quick. So if I'm playing against the back five that are all six foot five and 12 stone and just solid, solid athletes, yeah. I'm probably not going to get any change out of them. Thus, I'm not going to affect the team positively. Thus, I'm probably not going to play. Yeah. So when you strip it back that way, it's like, all right, makes sense. And then all of a sudden you look at the calendar and you look at the fixtures and you say, right, they're big lumps up north that are really, really solid, solid outfit that are athletic, strong, and they sit on the 18-yard box. There's no space in behind to run into. So my game's sort of finished. Probably not going to play away at, I don't know, Rochdale on Tuesday night. So then you start figuring out that Saturday I can play because they're a football inside. They like to drive out from the back and that leaves gaps to exploit and, and so on. So you start getting really tactical with, with your attributes and how you can implement them on the game. So then you, you beat that setback because it's not a setback. It, it's just part of, you can't be good at everything and, and you sort of get your head right for that. A lot of it's mind games, just making sure that you know where your head's at and how it fits in with the process of the team. Uh, other areas of setbacks to, to battle with is just repetition, 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 repetition. It doesn't matter. We're all sort of specialties in our, in our own sector, our own industry. Um, but what I found is whatever you're not good at, what it just keep repeating it, yeah. keep working on it. It's one of them. It doesn't really tickle the ego so much when you highlight a limitation and you just pepper it and pepper it and pepper it. But you really do come sort of Saturdays is the big day in football. That that's when the big fixture is. So you've got all week to work on, I don't know, football predominantly with your left foot, left foot's weak. Everyone's predominantly right footed. So everyone would show you when you get, get to that a professional level, people do video analysis and they say, right, he's good at this, this and this, but he's terrible at that. So make him do that. So then you come to a Saturday and you want to do the stuff you're good at, but the, the, the team that you're playing against bully you into to doing what you're weak at. So uh, really tackling those limitations. So in regard to your world, fat loss is, 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 a, is a tough thing to, to get right and focus on and people find it really difficult. Just, just hammer it. Fat loss, know everything about it. You know, it, it, try and find someone like yourself that can guide them and educate them. Research, do reading about how fat is stored how fat is burnt if you understand the science behind it then you start to understand the processes of 
of, of your nutrition and what you eat and you recognize, right, if I eat that, that will do that. And you, and the mechanics of what it does to your body. And I just feel that when you understand a little bit more of the science behind something and you almost dedicate yourself to, to the limitation that you've got, that limitation then becomes a strength because you understand the facets of, of how, it, how it works and how it has become a limitation within yourself. And then it's almost empowering and you sort of like, yeah, I'm not going to do that because I know that it does this, this and this. And then you start educating others. And then all of a sudden you're like the fat loss sort of king or queen. <laughs> and then that doesn't become a limitation. And then you have to work on, right. So I understand fat now and now I need to move a bit more because I haven't been doing that. And then you dedicate yourself to that sort of thing. But it, repetition is yeah a huge huge thing to, to overcome any setback but it's a real battle with pride because we don't tend to do things that we're not very good at yeah and it's then, just playing to your strengths isn't it and sort of yeah. doing what you're good at and then knowledge is power that old that old famous saying like just yeah. education is, is sort of the key isn't it yeah exactly that and then the final the final sort of <laughs> setback sort of goal that I used was just to recognize that that I think one of the coaches used to say to me like hard work beats talent but when talent doesn't work hard like do you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah. and it I, I can't remember exactly what it is but it was something along the lines of that and it, it's interesting I look back at my career now and like um um I've always been okay at football like I've been I've been good enough to to make it pro but I never made the dizzy heights and my talent took me to sort of conference league two level my work ethic kept me at conference league two level but I was never good enough to to break the league one the championships the premier leagues like that was just just my makeup and that's I used the potential that I had and that's where I got to in my journey and I think that's just important and and, and a good crossover to to any walks of life it's there, there are people that we see on tv the Tiger Woods, Michael Jordans, Serena Williamses, and all these exceptional people, they are the 0.001% of, do you see what I mean? I think yeah. you, you have to respect yeah. the, the Wim Hofs. Wim Hof is a massive, the cold king yeah. is a massive, massive, but you look at the science and the research that's been done on his uh, genetics and his makeup, he is the Michael Jordan of cold. Yeah. He, makeup so I mean everyone's on this Wim Hof I do the cold shouting every day it's great it's wonderful I can't go up to Kilimanjaro or <laughs> up to Blooming Antarctica with my top off it, it's just not going to happen I can't regulate my body like he does but it's just recognizing that we've all got like potential and to fulfill that potential within whatever remit is really important so I think it's just sort of registering like our own capacities and then staying in our lane. So recognizing that I'm never gonna be Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm, I'm six foot one and I'm about a foot wide. There's nothing of me like, but I'm pretty good at running and I'm pretty good at bodyweight exercises. So I'll, I'll take on Arnie at that and maybe I'll give him a good, a good battle. So <laughs> it's just sort of understanding the, uh, the levels at which our body can, can obtain but yeah there's a little bit on setbacks i don't know whether that's uh adequate yeah, no. enough. so definitely so what one thing there so from a football in mind uh like you mentioned um 
like getting injured quite a lot during your later career and sort of spending more time on the physio table from a footballing mindset. So like from, from an athlete, what's it like to sort of see, be injured yourself? No, you can't do anything about it, but see sort of other people like come through the ranks and sort of take your spot. If, if, if it's like that. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, gutting. How do you, how do you keep yourself like mentally activated to sort of keep trying and keep trying? It's tough. If I look back at things, you you recognise, you know what, I was in a low place there. At the time, you don't think you're, you know you're not happy, but nowadays you describe it as, as slightly depressed and have low mood yeah. and things don't go for you. I mean, I've been at a few clubs. I, I went to Grimsby um, and it was a great opportunity. They're in a great position. I turned up there in January and it was really exciting. They were on track to win the league. I was going to be part of another promotion. Got there, um, my living accommodation uh, set up. I was meant to have my own flat. That didn't go through. So I ended up living in a hotel to the majority. That sounds amazing. Everything's done for you and so on. It's not great. You, you haven't, you've got to eat out for breakfast, lunch and dinner because you haven't got any cooking facilities yeah. in a hotel room. You're in Grimsby, so you don't know anyone you're a southerner up north so there's there's a real real there is it's just a different pace of life and it it becomes it becomes really really difficult then I pick up an injury so then you go to somewhere to work to commit to something to deliver you can't because you're injured and it it becomes really really difficult and and I mentioned Grimsby because I didn't have my girlfriend I didn't have my family I didn't have my friends close enough to just come and hang out with and just get my head straight and just say look I'm not in I'm just feel rubbish like I'm gutted I'm in a place and you feel isolated and I remember um coming home and just driving back and and Grimsey is like a best part of a five-hour drive and it was just it was just tough and and I come back and there was no time to come back. We had a Saturday game in Grimsby and then there was a Tuesday game back in Grimsby. So we had to be in on, on Monday. I think we got given Sunday off because we, we won Saturday, but I didn't play because I was injured. And I come back, I got nine points driving in a day, not ridiculously speeding, just doing a, a 32 and a 30, doing a, a 54 and a 50 on average speed check. I got nine points in a day. And it just, and then you just feel like the world is just imploding. Anyone yeah. that gets nine points, you know, you've got three years without making a mistake in you. Otherwise, you're in big problems and you might lose your license. That would affect my career. So it just, I remember the, the points come through and it was just open one letter, open another letter, and it just all of a sudden everything implodes. But you just have to lean on anyone and everyone that cares. Yeah, and you you keep reaching out, and the people that really care for you, they know when you're not right and you're not chipper, um, and just yeah, have that support network. and And now I'm a bit older, I I can I can feel when when I'm juggling too much and when I'm not able to sustain a level of just balance. If it's more balance, if there's more stress and more tension, then you can't deliver on the things that you want to deliver on. So. That was the bit. That was the big thing. Just leaning on support network, but I didn't have that in Grimsby. Although the people were amazing and the staff in the hotel were my best buddies, and and they'd show me where to go and whatnot, I was always well received and looked after. It's just you haven't got anyone that 
that you've sort of grown up with or anyone that yeah. you can really just have a heart to heart with and, and say, look, this isn't going well for me. So that's probably the advice that, that I give on when things do get tough, try and sort of look within yourself. And if you're with your support network, they'll clock it before you do normally. Um, but if you, if you do know that things aren't right, then just reach out and just talk, keep talking and talking and talking and, and lean on as many people that you care for and trust as, as possible. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's get back into sort of the, the present day now. So what, what you're doing at the minute is sort of mobile, go to people's houses um, and massage. So how, why did you pick massage in particular then sort of um, sort of mindset or, or nutrition? Um, do you know what? Predominantly it all got set up because I was, I was, I think it was about 18 months or two years into my physiotherapy degree and I needed to touch, it's going to sound crazy and creepy now, but I need to get hold of as many bodies as possible. <laughs> it's a way of getting paid to be yeah. able to feel what, what Nathan's, uh, I don't know, medial collateral ligament in the knee feels like, opposed to Rebecca's, my other half's. Do you know what I mean? Because everyone's got the same makeup, but everyone's just got different, different dynamics and, and you're a gentleman, she's a lady and, and how to deliver the same care. And it was just the hands-on experience is what I was really lacking when I first went to university, when you did the practical elements. So it was just a way of, right, you, you can get paid for it and people need the service and it, and it's, yeah, it's an um, invaluable experience. So everyone I see, even to this day, is a case study you walk in and and then you start you do more learning at uni and it's like um right your subjective assessment so that's the conversation that you have the interviewing process to find out what happened how did it happen when did it happen what did you do have you had this problem before when did you have this problem before is there a family history of this sort of problem and then you start piecing everything together because depending on the answers it's dependent on the tangent of of assessment and and how your treatment's going to play out so it's just a great opportunity because everything and everyone describes things completely different. You can see someone with a super high tolerance to pain who's just dislocated their ankle. They're still hobbling around. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. And you're like, you need to, we need to go and get this x-rayed and we need to get this right because your ankle doesn't look like an ankle. Crazy. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, and then you've got other people that, they catastrophize so it's one of them I'm in the worst pain in the world I can't use my arm I can't do anything and then you ask them can you just move your hair so I can treat your neck and they can move their arm absolutely fine to, to, to see what I mean <laughs> so, so then you delve a little bit more and you realize that they've had a, a traumatic event of recent uh, especially at the moment um, a lot of elderly people have obviously passed away because of the circumstances and that's people's nans, granddads and mums, dads. Mm. And that hasn't been dealt with. And a lot of sort of psychological issues manifest physically. Really so it's a real pain, although it's not objective. It, it's not something you can touch. It's just um, okay. it's just the mindset and how it sort of manifests in the body. So these are all these different dynamics. So yeah, so that's where the business come from. And then it's it's just grown quicker and more aggressively than I ever thought it would. Sort of organically, there's been lots and lots of referrals. And then you put a poster up in the gym and then you get lots of inquiries and it's just places where 
people go and then they take a real interest in their body and they invest in a gym. So then it's a natural progression to invest in a massage once a month. And before you know it, they've told their next door neighbor and you turn up and the couch isn't very inconspicuous. So neighbors see you unraveling a couch on the boot and, oh, they come to your house. And, and then obviously the pandemic sort of almost played into my hands, not initially because obviously I wasn't allowed to work, but now there's so many more people at home that they can all manage their days differently. So before pre-COVID, it would have been, I would have had dead hours, but probably between 11 and three. Now I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty booked up because people are at home and they can say, yeah, I'm going to take my lunch break and I'll have a massage and then I'll eat in front of the computer and, and that sort of thing. So people are really taking advantage of getting their bodies right plus the money that people are saving not traveling they're putting into other things so whether it's getting the house done or whether yeah. it's yeah getting their bodies sorted so yeah it's really pleasing yeah decent um are you seeing a lot more of the same now sort of everyone's got the same sort of lifestyle routine sort of staying at home a lot more moving on less are you seeing a lot more of the same reoccurring injuries or are you seeing lots of sort of i guess now everyone's spending a lot more time at home at the desk are you seeing a lot more sort of shoulder pain back pain or is it still very varied um, yeah it's uh, there's not too much vary at all there's a spectrum the people that are active have become even more active so they've gone from blooming i don't know i used to run 30k a week and now i do 150k a week <laughs> they've gone from zero to 100 yeah just yeah. just super aggressive and obviously their mind is feeling great, but their body hasn't been able to keep up with the oh. demand. So you've had those problems, which are just overuse injuries. And then you've got the other side of the spectrum, which the people that aren't in a habit or have behaviors of, of exercising and staying active have done less because uptowners, they probably hit 10,000 steps by working their way to the train station, getting the train, walking across London, walking from the office to get a coffee, going back to the office, walking back and doing that. It's probably 10,000 steps roughly that people will hit. They're not hitting that because they now have to roll out of bed at 8.30, go to their desk, which is their living room, and then they do their hours and then they roll into the sofa. And then, so yeah, so postural issues, Serious. which are just solely being in a position for 10 hours a day and not getting into that upright extended position so yeah so there's a real spectrum and but you get that from the conversation so what do you do and how long have you been working from home and then you piece it all together there and and do you have an office set up do you did the did the company give you an allowance to to get a set up at home or did they not or do you do standing desking or that yeah. sort of stuff you so sort you of work it out yeah is before you get there exactly that yeah, yeah indeed no. so it gives you a good insight to prepare for the treatment perfect so sort of people living with pain at the minute how what are your like sort of top three sort of points to live in pain free sort of while at home or now now the world's open starting to open back up again what sort of tips would you give um movement i think we've touched yeah. on it briefly but if you're moving you're improving i do think have, the body like a set routine in the morning for like your movement or do you sort of just yeah yeah well for me personally I've got yeah I'm a bit of an addict to, to exercise yeah. and movement so I think we've both got to be in the yeah. world that we um that we promote so 
But for me personally, the thing that stopped me playing football was two quite bad ankle injuries, which means that's with me forever. I've, I've, I've got to do 40 minutes worth of work on my, my feet and ankles every day to keep okay. allowing me to play tennis a couple of times a week and to run a couple of times a week and to, to do some squats and, and do what I want. That's, that's the, the sacrifice. An 11-year career in football has left me with a couple of ankles that aren't particularly happy. But if I can do my 40 minutes of, of mobility that I know works and, and gets all the things moving in my feet that need to be, allows me to have my independence and do things pain-free so that's the sort of I would never describe it as a sacrifice but 40 minutes to some people is a sacrifice and in order to do what they want to do but that's what I have to do but I just I always describe to my clients just look at your body as a spectrum we should be able to bend over and touch our toes and we should be able to reach up and touch the sky and the problem I think a lot of us have is we've got favorite exercises, activities, habits, and, and lifestyle preferences that condone us to, if you're an office worker, you have to spend eight to 10 hours on a desk. It's just, that's how you make a living. That's absolutely fine. But you just have to make a conscious effort that you're in a bent fixed position for eight, 10 hours a day. So then let's just try and spend maybe, I don't know, a minute every half an hour or half an hour at the beginning or end of the day just going into a straight upright position use the spectrum because the problem is the spectrum starts from a to b and then what will happen is because i spend more time in a bent position my spectrum narrows so i never ever have the capacity to reach that straightened position because i'm always bent so body's great at accommodating all these these facets if you if you spend eight to ten hours doing anything you'll be an expert at it. But the problem is everyone's an expert at being in a bent, cooped over position. So that's the postural element. So just move, just try and break up, whether it's everything's on loudspeaker or you've got now these, the iPods or whatever, just to keep everything moving. Just keep keep moving the best you can. Anything is better than nothing. So that's that's my main one. Second one, which we touched on briefly, was just stay in your lane. So don't compare me to, to you. Definitely. Just stay in your lane. Yeah, huge one. And I think that's where your expertise are massive because I think people need accountability and they need guidance and they need to recognise all the small achievements that you make along the way to the big success. I, I want to put on a stone. I want to lose five stone or whatever it happens at a pound, doesn't it? And you build the pound and the pound and the pound. And so just, it's so easy. You watch a night commercial and you watch someone do something fantastic. Social media now as well, isn't it? Like social media is a massive one. So much comparison on social media. Like you just see sort of the best bits. You just see like the best sort of gymnastics people or people doing backflips and all that sort of stuff. And think, why can't I do that? And then sort of just put it back into your own life, isn't it? Yeah, exactly that. Indeed, it, it's. I think we're very good at seeing the end product, but yes. I, I mean, I talk to you now, and like we know each other, but I don't know the graph that you do behind the scenes. I know you work hard, but I don't know the actual blood, sweat, and tears <laughs> that you know sitting on the computer yeah, researching, exactly. doing the training, making sure you look good, feel good. No one sees that, and no one remembers that. All they see is the end product of 
whether it's followers on social media, or whether it's likes or whether it's end performance. Oh my gosh, Christian scored the winner on Saturday and he was man of the match. No one's seen the last 10 years of running bleep tests and running up hills every summer and not going out with pals and yeah. not drinking. It's endless sacrifice. Yeah, and the injuries and the being in pain. So that's a big one. Just, just stay in your lane and just the rate of change. Make sure that it's baby steps. And if you don't know what baby steps are, invest in someone like yourself or myself <laughs> in order to get the guidance to know what baby step is. Because if you're injured, you can't do anything. And then that compounds further limitations, whether that be uh, unable to lose fat or unable to, to function how you want to. And then just tune into your body. Your body, honestly, will tell you everything you need to know. If you wake up stiff, think about why you're stiff. Have you changed your mattress? Have you only had five hours sleep? Are you stressed at work? Are you sitting on a new office desk? Are you, did you decide to go five-a-side football when you haven't played football in five years? Like, listen to your body and then deal with it accordingly, i.e. <laughs> ask someone for help yeah. or take your foot off the gas. It's it, the amount of people that is right. I um I felt I felt a niggle in my hamstring, but I decided to still go for my ten kilometer run the next yeah. day. Like, just it it sounds ridiculous when you say it out loud. How about you just try a, a kilometer, just try a kilometer, if you, and see if your hamstring flares up then, and just listen to your body now and listen to it twenty four hours after because it's pretty good at saying. Sometimes you get away with things, adrenaline and, and, and just the mood and the exercise takes over and takes your mind off things. But then listen to it the day after and just see where you're at before you sign things off. You know, like just assess then, assess 24 hours after and then you can sign off. Right. That gym session I did, that was that was a good one. And that worked really well with the way that I rested on the weekend. And then I did a good gym session on a Monday and then I can start piecing together the training program from there but really listen just just take take note of I almost take 60 seconds a day and just stand feel how you're standing have a look in the mirror are you rotated do you look symmetrical and do you feel balanced because it's amazing when people stop and say can you just stand there for me and they look wonky <laughs> they look their shoulders up by their ears they're rotated. That's what they're, they're used to now, though, aren't they? That's, that's normal yeah, for them. 100%. And that's the compensatory movements um, that, that we accommodate in order to fulfill everyday life. But yeah, just take a second just to say, do I feel okay? Or have I been in discomfort for a while, but I've mm. just put up with it? And then you realise your risk of injury goes up astronomically when yeah. you've got these niggles that aren't listened to. Probably the biggest one of those is is DOMS, isn't it? And now that gyms have reopened and sort of we're going going back to gyms after a long period of time, just explain to people what what DOMS is and sort of how how do we get around DOMS? Okay, so DOMS, 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 delayed onset muscle soreness is is the the uh, abbreviation. Um, the research is out; it's still not conclusively sort of scientifically understood exactly what DOMS are. My belief is it's basically micro damage of muscle tissue. So we exercise and we break down structures in our body. So muscle fibers 
and then we will rebuild bigger. So that's that's my belief. And then from a from a sort of chemical background, because we damage ourselves, we have an inflammatory response that then causes tissue healing. The big chemical within inflammation are things called cytokines. Now I'm getting a bit fancy with you now, but long oh, and short of it is it. cytokines enhance healing, but they also cause chemical irritation, which is where the pain comes from. So they're one good, one bad, basically. So the pain's there to stop you using the muscle so it can repair right, okay. and then you can, and can go again. So that's, that's DOMS, basically massage recovery so you've got your percussion guns you've got your foam rollers you've got the hands-on treatment that sort of thing the whole idea behind the massage is it basically it it reduces the cytokine development and it increases again scientific the mitochondria which is like the the powerhouses of each cell so that's what provides energy for recovery so we're talking at like a micro level now yeah. but that's the, so the massage reduces the cytokine effects, enhances the recovery through the mitochondria effects, and then that gives you your bang for your boost. So you get that through using the foam roller, you get that through using the percussion gun, you get that through massage, but imagine it's a pyramid. So your foam rollers produce the base of the pyramid, then you've got your percussion guns, which work up the pyramid and give you a little bit more bang for your buck. And then your massage is your, your creme de la creme. Yeah. You get someone with a thumb or an elbow to get right into the nitty gritty. <laughs> All those tools a problem that you as well. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly. Indeed. So it's never ending, but you've got an external force. That's a big thing. The external force that can actually go past your, your comfort zone. Because I think when you're on a foam roller and when you've got a percussion gun yourself, it's easy to say yeah that's a little bit tender and i'll do a bit there yeah. but sometimes it needs a bit more than a bit to to get right so that's where the external force comes into play that's decent that's really good um yeah so that is that's really good um so yeah i think should try and wrap it up there oh, one more question i wanted to ask actually one what is the difference between doms while we're still on the subject what's the difference between doms yeah. and lactic acid DOMS and lactic acid. So lactic acid is just a byproduct of, of the oxygen and glucose exchange from exercise. So that's how your bodies will produce the energy for the tissue to, to expel a demand. Yeah. The lactic acid is the byproduct and it tends to be flushed through. I think there's a, there's a common misconception about lactic acid and, and how massage and that sort of stuff can clear the muscles. Lactic acid is cleared through circulation almost immediately. So lactic acid, I think it's just a sensory, sensory input um, part of things, the lactic acid side of things. I don't think DOMS is mi micro tears and damage. Lactic acid is just simply put the byproduct that is from sort of using a muscle group and it will fill up and then it will clear within seconds. Really so it doesn't tend to linger. DOMS, DOMS you think of as a long-term condition. Lactic acid is an acute, we call it transient. So it comes and goes as quickly as it, as it arrived. Nice. Perfect, man. Well, yeah, we'll wrap things up there just for the people listening. Where can they find you? What's, what, where do you sort of, what's your, What's your outreach? Um, yeah, how do people book in with you if, if they need if they need you? 
Um, okay, so uh, you can find me at makemovements.co.uk. So emails, contact details are all there, booking systems, all the details on, on what we deliver and the areas that we cover. Um, Instagram, at makemovements, um, again, is a platform that, that we use and we put some lovely pictures and videos to attract <laughs> and entice. Um, but yeah, but just reach out if you've got any questions. Like I said, we're, we're not really sparring. It's more about rehabbing and getting your body in the right accustomed state. So if you're after a nice, nice massage, you're probably not going to get it from me. But <laughs> if you're after getting your body and, and investing and getting back on track with, with function and performance, then give us a shout. Perfect. And how far, what's your, what's your service? Like where, how far out do you go? What's your, uh, we cover a 10 mile radius of Catrum. So it's roughly, we go to about car shortening, uh, from Catrum, that spectrum through to Warlinghams, Tatsfields, Biggin Hills, all the way through Oxted. to East Grinstead's, Oxted's, that's right. And Hawley. So yeah, shout and we'll be happy to treat. Perfect, man. Well, thanks very much for jumping. I'll let you get in your healing hands. That's <laughs> touching people up. <laughs> yeah indeed yeah, yeah <laughs> thank perfect. you very much no worries Wonderful. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much for having me thanks for jumping on and uh yeah we'll get you on again soon actually we'll go dive into some some more bits and bobs pucker appreciate uh, it Nate. thank you very much all right thanks mate cheers